FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 417 of the podcast that goes nicked. I'm your host, Jason Claus Venable, and I'm and once again by John Webbs Wilson. Hey, John. Hey. How's it going? It has been a while. It has been too long. Too long. You know, I, I probably have said this before, so I apologize for repeating myself, but one would think pandemic would be like ultimate, like power through, get a lot of podcasting done, have lots of guests because no one's really doing anything. I actually found it to be kind of the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> with a uh, child care on and off and, and all the fun what what are we okay with what are we not okay with and working weird hours and you know it's great working at home all the time there's a lot of perks one of the cons is you're you're kind of never really off <laughs> yeah but yeah, um, my, my wife has the same situation she's like I'm, I never really leave work because I'm always home where I work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but nonetheless, we have an episode now. I know they've been a little sparse in December, but we also have the return of one of my favorite guests. And I don't say that to be dismissive of my other favorite guests, but John is definitely uh, always a delight to have on. So thanks for coming back. Thank you. And what of is an inclusive term. Yes. So I, you don't have I to think tell them that. that. You don't have to say that I'm your absolute favorite guest. I mean, we just know that. Right. But, you know, (laughs) one of, lets everybody else's feelings be intact. Right. (laughs) So uh, It's really, really good to be back. Um, I've missed being on the show, um, and it's it's just kind of neat to to get to hang out with you and and talk some comics. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to return back to uh, Marvel Comics Presents. Yeah. we're going to have a little Venom story, a little Sam Key story, which ties into one of your other podcasts. I, is this the last thing he did? I was actually just in the process of going over to uh, Mike's <laughs> Amazing World to look that up. And I know he did some, the, the covers he did for DC were concurrent to Max, right? Because I know he did some covers during, or was Nightfall 92? Was Nightfall 92? Nightfall starts in early ninety. Well, I guess, I guess, really does start in late ninety two. Okay. It's uh, it's pretty concurrent. It's a longer story than the Superman trilogy. Um, but yeah, this is his Sam Keith's book- Superman stuff. No, I'm just saying that, like as far as oh, Nightfall oh, oh. time frame. Oh, goes. gotcha. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you got me all excited. I need to go look for some <laughs> Sam Key Superman. I mean, um. maybe, but I don't know about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you can definitely. I think the last time we talked about Sam Keith, you could start to see some like Max roots, but this feels like a Max warm up. I felt <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a lot of like even down to some of the landscaping and scenery and location, uh, very, very uh, Max familiar. Um, but yeah, an, an interesting story. I won't, I won't lie. I don't, you know, in the normal scope of the podcast, this is the kind of story that sometimes I might just kind of throw on the end of an episode. But 
devoting a full episode is really more about an excuse to have have John back on than actually is the content <laughs> of the story. Well, but um, I'm happy to spend the next ten minutes of my life talking about it. It's be great. <laughs> no, y'all, this is this exactly. is decompressed all to heck. Like yes. eight pages per chapter is really more like eight words of plot. <laughs> <laughs> I I took notes. I cannot say I wrote very much down. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting because as far as, well, I do know because I've been doing this podcast a long time. This is the first time that Venom and Wolverine meet up. So that's fun to kind of, you know, Wolverine star rose, you know, through the late 80s and then he became kind of ubiquitous in comics around this time, early 90s. And then Venom, of course, um, you know, was he like 89 when he first came out? Something like that. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting into the heyday of Venom. Like yes. he's getting his own series around this point. You know, Venom doesn't get his own ongoing until way down the road, but he basically has back-to-back miniseries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> throughout the first half of the 90s into All like right. 95, 96, so maybe even farther. But um but yeah, so Venom, let's let's have Venom meet Wolverine. That's that yeah. sounds like a great idea. They're both This is a 90s zeitgeist. For, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, this is previous not by much. Because uh, Lethal Protector comes out pretty quickly after this, and that's what really starts Venom uh, down the road of anti-hero. Um, you, know, now, this... you, you said you said Lethal Protector, and I heard that as Liefeld Protector, like how that's <laughs> Liefeld's name. And I was like, now wait a second, how does Rob Liefeld fit into all this? <laughs> well, he does, you know. I, I guess he's so, his social media presence needs protecting sometimes, um, <laughs> mostly from himself. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that Rob Liefeld is like Donald Trump, but I am going to say that his social media might need a similar kind of filter. It's a little bit self-destructive in a I'm just putting myself out there kind of way. Right. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, he had a contemporary over an image by the name of Sam Keith. And that's who we're going to talk about tonight because, you know, we we joke about this being a pretty flimsy story, but the art is pretty rad. So I look forward to kind of dissecting some of that so you want to go ahead and jump in yeah i am ready i've got the first cover up um and i know we usually talk about the wolverine covers but with a flip book there's always the other cover uh-huh before we get into 172 we've got to talk about the other cover especially the yeah especially this first one and it is by um well shoot it doesn't say because i don't think it's sam keith right I don't think so. I'm looking at it's Steve Lytle. Oh, it's Steve Lytle. Yeah. And it, but it's a pretty rad. Um, I won't lie. This Ghost Rider Iron Fist story, I was very excited about it because this is, you know, Iron Fist coming back. And while as a teenager, I didn't really know or care who Iron Fist was, I've really come to enjoy the character. Uh, the story is a pretty big letdown, but this cover is not. <laughs> um, it's, right. So what, what, what do you have? What, what well, kind of well, you to it? 
Ravage 2099, of oh. course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and one of these books, we also have a Doom 2099 preview. So yeah. we're, we're about to kick all that 2099 stuff off. And um, So, so, you know, so I, I've, I, I know that Ravage 2099 gets a bad rap. But whenever I was getting into 2099, back when it was first starting, I bought Spider-Man, of course. Everybody's with Spider-Man. And I bought Ravage also until I stopped buying comics. And I oh, thought wow. it was pretty good fun. It's Stanley is scripting for the first several issues. Um, and I think he even contributes to the story ideas. But it's this kind of like... People say it doesn't really know where it's going, but I kind of feel like it's like a, an organic multi-chapter origin story that sort of takes a while to get him to where they want him to be. And if you take that entire series, I think the first half of it is pretty fun comics. And then there's like a really big shift about halfway through. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to read the next issue of Ravage. So there's very <laughs> definitely a difference. But I, I, I'm a proponent of early Ravage, and he gets a okay. preview in this, and yeah. I just wanted to mention it, you know. Yeah, we have to see if that... I know not all the 2099 stuff is on Unlimited, but I'll see what we have on there. Maybe I'll check it out, because I have just started that in my flashback concurrent, which, man, i tell you what, you talk about everyone bought Spider-Man. I did not, but I should have. That's a... I've read the first four or five issues so far. Fantastic book. Mm -hmm. Love it. I really, really uh, missed out on that one. <laughs> if my Spider-Man read-through ever gets to current or relatively current stuff, the return of, of, of Manuel Miguel O'Hara is something I'm really looking forward to getting into. Yeah. I've not read that. But I did read – I remember reading Amazing Spider-Man around the 700-ish era and seeing the return of – or seeing the – the introduction of Alchemax in the modern day timeline, the company yeah. that Miguel here is going to mm -hmm. work for in 2099 and how they do that, relating it to Liz Allen. And it's just like, I was reading that. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> it made all of my nerd joys tingle. Yeah. That was some good stuff. Good, good stuff. But anyways, but that's just how no, I hey, the episode. We're, we're going to need a lot of tangents. I think. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but yes, on the Wolverine cover, we have a massive Venom by Sam Keith crushing the Marvel Comics Presents Wolverine. Actually, almost, almost doing the Bane Batman with it. He's like breaking it over his knee. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Sam Keith drool is, um, interesting. It's like little spermies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's kind of a rave like somebody took a splash but it is definitely it is definitely like um if you watch what is a look who's talking and all the spermies <laughs> rushed into the uh, the the uh vaginal tract that's uh -huh. what's happening out of venom's mouth right there it's yes. uh it's ejaculatory and only on the wolverine podcast a ghost nick can you hear the word vaginal tract in a <laughs> comic book scenario um <laughs> <laughs> in a completely non-sexualized way, I might right. point out. Or at least not objectifying. Right. I guess by definition yeah. it's sexualized because we're talking about sex, but you know. <laughs> right. And then we have a, a crumpled up Wolverine with the uh, the Wolverine Sam Keith frizzies uh, coming out of the costume. How his costume's turning into telephone cords. Oh, yeah. Ever yep. since you described it like that, I can't unsee it. <laughs> he, he, he is, his costume is getting prepared for all of the 80s teenage girls. That's right. Lots and lots of phone cords. Yep. 
Yep, yeah, getting ready for Save by the Bell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a pretty cool cover. I mean, Venom looks nice. Um, the art's all all pretty great. So um, it's pretty great. If I were displaying this comic, I would put this cover out instead of the other one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in, in the store, or whatever. Yeah, I think I would too. I'm trying to see if there's. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, um, yeah. So this story, uh, Claws and Webs, part one of six, Dream a Little Dream of Me, written by Howard Mackey, art by Sam Keith, letters by Janice Chang, and colors by Mike Thomas. And um, we can come back and talk about some of the art, but here's what happens in this one. Um, Wolverine's having a bad dream about crows, picking him down to his adamantium bones. He knows his nightmare with a little n, are being caused by Nightmare with a big N. And he has Professor X help him attack Nightmare astrally. But Nightmare pulls Venom there as well. Ta-da! That's, That's it. it. <laughs> so this, this story plays with what's real and what's not a lot throughout yes. the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the only scene that we're confident is real is him sitting and talking to the professor. Right. And that holds true basically through to the end of the tale. Um, but but yeah, it's it sets up the story. It sets up the story nicely. It's it's probably the most storytelling in a chapter we're gonna get the entire series story, <laughs> even if we don't get a lot of actual plot in the right. chapter. Yeah. So couple of highlights. That first page is kind of a gross landscape, but the tree is very Dr. Seussian. So I always I, think it's the same thing. Like, Sam Keith is Dr. Seuss-inspired. I never really saw it until now, but he is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He goes for the max, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the crows that are picking on Wolverine look totally rad. Like, the eye, the red, white, spirally, scratchy eyes look great. Uh, one crow actually has, like, almost human teeth in his beak, which is weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. Wolverine gets a nice snicked. Then we go to the professor. Uh, when he I goes, do like, I do like the, um, the descending storm cloud tornado of crows. Yes. That looks fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, the art, the art is, is pretty great. Um, then Wolverine goes, uh, he goes to full Seuss land uh, when he goes to the astral plane. You know, the cool, like, almost um, uh, Phantom Zone panels of Nightmare. And then mm-hmm. it's weird because it goes from, like, Phantom Zone to, like, Joker with, like, the big pink ha-ha-ha-has in the background. That all looks great. And then Venom shows up. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I thought was a little weird is... Unless you just happen to, like, you know, get in an AOL chat room with with Spider-Man. I'm not really sure how he knows who Venom is, because he definitely recognizes him. But, I don't know. That's the only thing I thought was a little weird. That's a good point. Readers would obviously know who Venom was, but they'd be Wolverine knowing. Because he, let's see, his first story was very personal because he attacked Mary Jane, Mm -hmm. and then Spy went after him. Then they had the fight on the island. Uh huh. And then he, he came around back the three forties. He busts Carnage. out of prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before Carnage, there was one more story, but I can't remember exactly what happened in it. Um, well, but that 
And that was before the island, right? So he was in prison. That's where the Carnage got the symbiote. And then he broke out. Then they went to the island. Is it the first Carnage story? Doesn't Peter go back to the island and say, I was going to leave you here, but I need your help? Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, I got my story. There's one where the 313s, 316, stuff like that. And that. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was the island one, but it's not. Because, yeah, there's the scene, there's the cover in the 340s where Venom is holding up Spider-Man's skull. Yes, And the costume is ripped away from it. Uh-huh. That's where he thinks he has killed Spider-Man, and he stays right. there. Yes. Yep. Until yes. Maximum Carnage. And has Maximum Carnage happened yet? No, but his introduction has. So, so Carnage is a character. We've had the first story, but the, the big crossover still, oh, gosh, not quite a year away maybe okay so that is back in public after carnage was released yes because that's when he goes off to san francisco right okay um but i guess even if he uh even if he were on the island the story could still work um i don't think he has no, to I, th- I think the story is fine because venom kind of gets plopped out of reality and pulled to mm-hmm. this astral plane no i think him showing up is fine and just is weird because Wolverine acts just like, oh, hey, Venom, nice to see you again. <laughs> you know, like, it just kind of, like, they're old, either old buddies or old foes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but I think there a, has a to be very a very small quibble. Yeah. I think there oh, has sorry. to be an extra scene between pages five and six, between the bedroom professor scene and the um, Savage Land dream scene. In order for the ending denouement reveal of how everything works, I think there has to be an intentionally hidden scene here. Okay. Because at the beginning of this conversation, Logan is telling Xavier what's going on with his nightmares. Right. And then the next page, nice going, Professor, I'm here. Um, so they had to have made a plan between those yes. two Yes, right. And that plan will get revealed at the very, very end. <laughs> Of oh, we did this all one of those we did this all along kind of plans. Only because we talked about every single other character in the book, I feel like we should mention the Black Black Goliath has a story in here as well. They just call him Giant Man, but I don't think of him as Giant Man. I think of him with his 1970s Goliath story. So um, I actually keep forgetting that Bill Foster went by Giant Man for a while. Yeah, yeah, even had the big G on his belt Mm -hmm. for a little time. You know what they call that spot where the G's written, right? <laughs> the vaginal tract? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a little before that. <laughs> well, I guess maybe right of the, right inside the door. We'll just we're just gonna keep on going though. <laughs> okay, should we go on to one eighteen? Sure, sure enough. Okay. Um I don't need to talk about Doom twenty ninety nine, so we could just go on to the Wolverine cover if you want to. Sounds good. Um, that is a pretty cool Ghost Rider Iron Fist cover as well. Yeah. So. And Doom 2099 is not a bad series. It's pretty great. It's just um, it doesn't need to be defended like Ravage sometimes does. Okay, so 118, which this one is the main cover of the two, has the uh, has the little rectangle at the bottom indicating this is the front of the book. Um, Wolverine is standing over venom's apparently dying body but not really dying because all of the black goopy tendrils are coming up to get him and wolverine i think maybe venom is laying down and he's like reaching up to like embrace wolverine and bring him down to him 
for some snuggles, but I could be right. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, hungry time sounds good. I mean, they are going to sleep, right? Right. So. This, I don't think that happens in the story, though. <laughs> okay, so uh, dreams are made of this. Claws and Webs <laughs> Part 2 featuring Wolverines and Venoms. Um, Wolverine and Venom fight. Wolverine talks to the professor um, about how Nightmare has been trying to get inside his head. Uh, he wants to find out why um, Venom is also having dreams about being in a jungle Wolverine runs into a mysterious uh, young woman who looks like Mariko, and he fights a tiger, and Venom helps him fight the tiger. Mariko lookalike runs away, and then Venom attacks Wolverine. Because he's like, if this is a dream and you're the hero, then you're... So if we're the hero, because Venom thinks himself as a hero, then Wolverine, you must be the villain, so I'm going to kill you now. Yeah, um, just about. This <laughs> this story just kind of like stuff happens, and you don't really know why it's happening. You know why the story is happening, but you don't know why the events are happening. You know, right? Yeah, and it's just an excuse for Sam Keith to draw cool stuff. I, I honest, I honestly think, yeah, this is just Sam Keith drawing stuff that's fun with enough dialogue to tie it all together. Right. I almost imagine it more of a Sam Keith doing his uh, Marvel Swan song and says, hey, Howard Mackey, you're in the office today. Can you throw some words on this for me? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you a writing credit. All right. Uh, yeah. Sam Keith really likes to draw busty, hipsy women. Uh-huh. Uh, which, yeah. I love it because whenever he gets to the max, he sort of puts that on its head mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. by introducing Julie. And like the first time you see her, she's of this sort of build, or at least like one of the early times you see her. But like, she's not really like that. And when she slumps and she like, you know, has normal, possibly unflattering dimensions. Um, and it's just like, you know, not an idealized body. Right. And it's one of the things my daughter likes about the comic. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, isn't there a Max cover that has, like, a Jaguar or a Cheetah or something? I'm envisioning, um, Julie as the Jungle Queen with some sort of big cat beside her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the scene here could have been feeding into the sim parts of his, of his imagination. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we have, like, the kind of outbacky type atmosphere we have nightmare on a big horse and his big old pop belly and his big joker face that all looks great mm-hmm. um you know he does the exaggerated venom but in his own way um they're just a really big rows of teeth <laughs> um looks pretty good um, i love the uh we well, you mentioned that picture of nightmare i love the shape of the panel it's like wolverine's mask the 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 wing off of his profile and then like the back of his cowl form the beginning of the edge of this 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 image. I think it's pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. He um, does some great panel layouts. He does, really does. And then you know you got Venom fighting a lion. Um, I'd say cheetah, sir. I guess there's a lion too. Oh, he fights the lion, and yes, and then you're right. He fights the cheetah slash jaguar on the next page. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I love where he makes Wolverine stab the tree. 
Like Wolverine, we get a nice snick, and he pops his claws, and Venom's like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> like, make, hangs Wolverine on the tree with his own claws is a pretty nice touch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't really have anything else to say about that, unless you do. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're past the intro, so it's just like, okay, what happens here? Uh, that and that? Okay, we're good. All right, well, so number 119, um, Audrey does not have a Sam Keith cover, and I don't really like this cover. Um, so it's by James Fry and Chris Ivey, and it is Wolverine fighting Venom on an orange background and lots of ripped clothes and stuff with Venom, Venom's mouth and eyes with the more exaggerated, like, jagged style and then wolverine having all sharp teeth this kind of reminds me you know we just read on the podcast infinity war this kind of reminds me of like two doppelgangers fighting each other instead of our main characters but by the way i'm mad at you for not having on for infinity war i know i'm sorry i wanted to have i wanted to have like three or four different people on for that it was just one of those things like well i can do that and take like two extra months to get it done. <laughs> or I can go ahead and get it out because Wolverine doesn't really do anything anyway. <laughs> oh, you know, um, that's true. It, yeah, that's true. It's not really much of a Wolverine story. Right in tell Al, you know, hey, if you need, I'd love to talk about some of the other parts of that book if you want, you know, for me to be part of that. <laughs> so. This artist does do what people actually like to take bites out of Wolverine's fins. Yeah. Yeah, little little holes, and also the top of the cat, the tuft of hair coming out the top of the cow. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that he's wearing false vampire teeth, but you can tell they're false teeth because they make his lips all bigger. Um, and Venom is following the Larson model with the big jutting lower jaw. Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, well, um, in this one, left hanging in a tree. Nightmare taunts Wolverine and tells him to find Venom and the girl. So uh, Wolverine goes to find Venom and the girl. And then Wolverine and Venom fight some more. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I mean, literally, from one page to another, Nightmare's like, you know what, Wolverine? No, he's probably more of a, you know what, Wolverine, you should really go find Venom and the girl. And Wolverine gets down off the tree, and he goes to find Wolverine, uh, Venom and the girl on the next page. And that's that. What um, even <laughs> is Nightmare's Anatomy? I mean, what even I, is he? Is he, is he half giraffe, or is he married to, to Ralph Dibney? I mean, <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. I love his body. Like the pop belly and kind of the the man boobs and mm-hmm. like wearing spandex when you shouldn't probably wear spandex. The neck's <laughs> a little odd. The neck is it's really the only part that doesn't really seem to fit. Like everything else looks like kind of an exaggerated, just late. I don't know. There's something appealing about how unappealing he is, but the neck like, one. I don't mind the neck, and I was honestly wasn't complaining. It's just such a surreal design. Um, and I like how he has an Adam's apple. And even whenever yeah. on the pullback shot, he makes sure to draw the little uh-huh. nodge on the uh, on the neck. Yep. And nightmare. But he basically has the Joker's head on this weird nightmare body. Yes, he does. Very Jokerish for sure. Um, and page five is the max. We're dressed up as Wolverine. Oh, where he's on the log. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
<laughs> it's a great page, but yes, very, very max. Just too many claws instead of one big claw, <laughs> three. Um, but yeah, I mean that's. I mean, the underwater fight's kind of cool. Uh, the last page with the the spotty, blotty border of them going down the waterfall. It's pretty cool. I like how the Venom spider legs and just go crazy squiggles on that page too. Yeah, this you never really see the underside of Venom's like the under his arm, what's right. going on the side of his costume. Um, but yeah, that's the only shape that really makes sense when you see the front of the back. <laughs> that doesn't really look good from a direct side shot. <laughs> Um, they're fighting over who gets the right to take out Nightmare, which I think is a really dumb reason to fight. But yeah, it is when they can just do it together. But you know, egos, right? And they're both. In, one of the things we haven't really said, I guess, is that they're both in this artificial dreamscape that Nightmare has created for Wolverine. Um, it's not the usual dream world that people have dreams in. It's this other world that he's going to use to try, like. I don't know, try like, I don't, I don't know exactly what he's planning to do. Use one as like a doorway. I don't know. Yeah, I, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> but Wolverine's going to help him like get out to the real world. That's what he wants to do. Yes. I want to be a real boy. <laughs> and then my head will just fall off because that neck does not support anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like a swinky. Roaring room. That's what he is. He's a Jack in the Box. Oh, Joker in the Box. There you go. Okay. Um, one twenty. Yeah, one twenty. So we've got a cover by. Uh, we're back to Sam Keith covers, I think. Yeah, Sam Keith did this yeah. one. Yeah. And Venom and Wolverine are fighting while this weird and I, I honestly forget this happening in the story so i have to go look and see what else this weird grotesque male human form that is in a very revealing leaf belt uh-huh it looks like you wouldn't want to see him from the front but he also has like this bird dragon neck and claws on the ends of his hands it's a bizarre surreal nightmarish image and Wolverine and Logan, Wolverine and Logan. Yeah, Wolverine and Logan and um, <laughs> Eddie and Venom are all fighting down the bottom left corner. Right. I think it's my favorite cover of the group. It's very strange, but it's, there's something really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the question is, can Wolverine and Venom put aside their distances long enough to save an innocent girl from Nightmare? This chapter is called Dreaming with the Enemy, as opposed to Sleeping with the Enemy, which ah. they're probably doing. They're dreaming, but you know. Right. Um, so this is more than just a dream. Nightmare's screwing with Wolverine's mind. They're on this astral plane. Venom's been brought there too. And Wolverine wants to know why. He's asking the professor why, even though we find out that they know the they know the reasoning the entire time. We'll find out later. Um, so that's just a weird bit of scripting. But uh Wolverine and Venom, they fell off that waterfall at the end of the last issue, and now they've washed up on a rock. Uh-huh. Uh, Logan comes back to his senses. He lights a stogie. Uh, he um, looks at Venom. <laughs> why not? You know, if you got him, why not? Right. Um, 
the alien costume leaves Eddie Brock behind, and so does Logan. Except that then there are these alligators that like jump up out of the water and they're about to kill Eddie Brock. So Logan saves Eddie, and then the the costume comes back on him for no reason. It, it left for no reason, and it came back. It looks like it was just <laughs> to give Wolverine an excuse to save him from some alligators. Anyways, they're fighting, and Wolverine totally stabs Venom through the chest with his claws, stabbing out the back. Um, notice, however, that they do not puncture the back of the costume. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Okay. Um, and, yeah, we've got Venom doesn't dead, of course, because this is a dream. But the, it, it like, stops him going long enough for Wolverine to say, hey, you know, we're we're on the same side. We both want to save the girl. We both want to stop Nightmare. So instead of fighting each other, why don't we swing off and, and save the girl? So they swing off to save the girl, and they walk into a nightmare landscape and to be continued. Yeah. <clears throat> um, even though this story is a little crazy and not really that much of sense, it continues to be just really, really fun to look at. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, the panel layout, where there's borders, where there's not borders, how panels flow into each other is all brilliant. Like it's mm-hmm. all just super fantastic. Um, like when Wolverine runs to, to, after the alligators with a spoosh, 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 spoosh through the water. Uh, I love that he stops the alligators by putting logs in their mouth like he's in a Looney Tune cartoon. Um, <laughs> They're pretty thick logs, though, so the alligators don't just snap them in half. I was going to say, that's the only thing we're missing is a snap. Oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Venom just smiles all the time. He's just a smiling guy. He... That's what he does. Yeah. The um, the little bit on the page of page five, little bitty panel where Wolverine says good, that shot of Venom is very, very, very McFarlane Venom. Yes, it is. It's like... Yep. The McFarlane's Venom design has a much subtler mouth than yeah. Larson would do with them. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, current Venom artist um, Ryan Stegman kind of throws everything in the pot and mixes it together. So you have McFarlane with a little bit of other people's exaggerations. You know, Bagley does kind of the same thing too, right? He he, he picks some Larson, picks some McFarlane, and kind of puts it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I want to go on a little story for uh, this this stab in page five. Okay. Okay. So Todd McFarlane, who has nothing to do with any of this except that he does, um, <laughs> he famously walked away from Marvel, took a break, and according to his own storytelling, is it's sort of a confluence of events that Cal all happened together. He wasn't planning on walking away forever. He was just really annoyed when he left and they had a baby. So he was going to spend some time at home because he could afford it. But instead of going back to Marvel later, he, uh, that was around the time that all the image stuff started happening. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the arguments that he had with Marvel was, what he could or could not show in his comics as far as violence goes. Um, in in a, a storyline, he famously stabs Juggernaut in the eye. And um, 
the editor in chief, I want to say it was Tom DeFalco at the time, but it could be somebody else was like, you can't, you can't do that. You can't partially blind one of our characters. That's a forever kind of move. And we're not gonna let you do that. Also, it's a really, really violent thing. And we can't show that kind of violence. And he's like, what do you mean you can't show that kind of violence? You had Bullseye stab Electra through the chest with a sigh. And mm-hmm. the response was, yeah, but there are lines that you can't cross. And if you notice in that scene, the stab did not come out the back. He's like, yeah, it did. He's like, no, the clothes were not punctured. And so for whatever, you know, whatever reason, <laughs> how, how, how sensors draw lines at the stupidest places, uh-huh. the fact that that stab did not actually cut the cloth of Electra, it was considered a less violent rendition. And that's what's happening here. Similar yeah. sensor. He's not stabbing out the back of Venom because the clothing of the suit is not getting punctured. When by oh. all rights it should. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways, I just thought of that when I saw it. Yeah, no, I I didn't think about that, but now I that's a very iconic image and it immediately springs to my mind. I I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's very interesting. The really grotesque dude on the cover doesn't even show up in the story, except for, like, uh, maybe at the very last page. Yeah, yeah, the last page, he's, like, the mountain that they have to climb or something, which also very Maxian, by the way. Um, yeah, and that Venom swinging on the page before is very McFarlane again. <laughs> I think I yeah. think Keith was reading some McFarlane Venom whenever he was coming up with a visual reference for this. Yeah, the only thing about that one of them swinging is there's no... Uh, Separation of bottom and top too, so it looks super cartoony. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Pete's got to do his own thing with it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> uh, that's it. Ninety percent right. of the commentary was my little story. So we'll <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> all right, one twenty-one. Um, is death i'm sorry dream scars and this cover is wolverine stabbing venom and apparently he has sonic claws because the suit starts to dispel and also again the claw not going all the way through the suit interesting yep yep it it looks like it should but the suit is like tenting up around it so it's not technically puncturing yeah okay also, there is a nice, just real fast, Moonstar story by Joe Mad in this one mm. um, of how she can be a Valkyrie and a mutant at the same time. So, so I feel like because I am it. Um, yeah, in this one, uh, basically confronting their worst <clears throat> nightmares, uh, Mariko and Spidey, respectively. Uh, Wolverine and Venom finally reach Nightmare proper, and uh, Wolverine snicks him in the face. But alas, this is all part of Nightmare's plan. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, That's it. <laughs> did you see the New Mutants movie? Not yet. Not yet. I, I intend to. It's not a, oh, it looks terrible thing, but I want to see it. I just haven't had a chance to yet. 
Mirage's presence here just reminds me of that. I like her and giving her a little eight page, you know, story to to deal with a little transitioner part of our life is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um Gross Dude does show up in this one more than the last one. Yeah, which... first page. That's a you know, that's a cross between like Sam Keith Max Monster and a Maljabolge, however you say that from Spawn. Malabolja. Yeah. This is technically a Spidey appearance. I wonder if Dr. Spidey has this one on his list. Oh, I don't know. know. Do you know all the Spideys guy? Yes, I do. Yeah, I don't know. If you're listening out there, Dr. Spidey. (laughs) Man, Venom gets full drool after he chokes Spider-Man out. He's like, this feels good. (laughs) (laughs) We have to crush the spider. I want to eat him. (laughs) Um, that uh, that giant nightmare face in the background, uh, after Venom chokes Spidey, looks great, and then also looks really good when Wolverine stabs him. Almost uh, Sankevichy. Now that one, the claws do go through the clothes. Oh, on on Nightmare, you're right. So I wonder what the difference is if it's since it's not a body shot. If it, there's different sensor rules, I don't know. I don't know. Or because he's a monster and not a person? I don't know. I don't either. I love his um, chopsticks fingers on the last page. It's very, um, I don't know, morph yeah. from Exiles. He is, yeah. And he has and, jazz hands the page before he gets stabbed on that really cool mountaintop. He's on his horse and the horse has his head down and there's like, these two skulls on the side. Looks pretty mm-hmm. red. Oh, yeah. That's pretty great. It's also very Spinel from Steven Universe. Do you all know Steven Universe at your house? A little bit. Not religiously yet. It's one of those, it's just one of those things John's only so much time. And <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I totally I, get it. There's so I have enjoyed I what I've seen, seen for sure. There's but, so much out that I haven't seen. But you know, so you, have, you have to check because if we had time to watch all the awesome stuff, mm-hmm. then it would be great. But we don't. Yeah, unfortunately. So if someone wants to, you know, find a way for me to have some like entertainment clones who just sit around and watch TV and it all feeds into one hive mind, that would be oh, cool. Dude. Oh, dude, that's what I want. <laughs> so um, they've captured Nightmare at the end of this, but basically they have him right where he wants them. Right. Because they're like, the threads of reality are beginning to unwind. You will be my path to your dimension. So you are my pawn all along. All of this, all of this was somehow, some way, a method for getting Wolverine to to, to be something for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. We're gonna. I've I've read this twice in the last couple weeks, and I still don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, looking at that uh, that uh, Mirage story and um, magic's on the first page. No, it's not. It's not yeah, magic? No, it's an Asgardian uh, sparring partner. Oh. Okay. It does look, I mean, even down to the hair, right, with the bangs? Mm-hmm. Because I, I thought the same thing until I read it. Um, I wish it was. That would be really cool if it was. Yeah, I love her. But I guess that's all of that. Do we have anything else? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, uh, all right finish all right. this thing up. <laughs> The uh, the grand finale of this epic adventure. 
Mm. Issue 122 of Marvel Comics Presents Wolverine and Venom. Also, the Knights of Pendragon, because that's a thing. Have you read any of that? I'm trying to read this story. (laughs) The first volume was a Marvel UK British creative series. That sounds like it should be, yeah. Um, And it involved some of the characters from Captain Britain. Oh, okay. And some other uh, original characters. And it told a surreal, mystical story that was not too surreal to enjoy. You know, it's like, it it was weird, just weird enough. And then the second volume, I did not enjoy. Um, I started it, I tried it, because even though Captain Britain was no longer involved, you know, I was going to keep reading it because it was spinning off the first series, but I just just didn't like it. This felt like terrible Alpha Flight, mm, like this, this story. Yeah, because you know, there's there's really good Alpha Flight and there's terrible Alpha Flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I read yeah, the whole this... series. I am well aware. <laughs> um, I haven't listened to very much yet of the flight stuff, the Alpha Flight podcast, because I'm kind of you know I, I have this I have this podcast rotation that's a mile long. So, um, <laughs> but I'm curious to see how they handle some of the not good Alpha Flight. Yeah, and which by the way is kind of running with what we're reading right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be era is not. This is too bad because uh, you know Pat Broderick is doing some of the art is a pretty good penciler. Just I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just, I was just going over to the um, the pages to see what issue is out right now. Alpha Flight number one hundred seventeen. Simon Furman has picked it up. Uh, okay. So I didn't hate the Simon Furman stuff. I didn't love it. I thought it was a pretty significant improvement over the previous long-term writer who I do not remember exactly who it was. I'm paging back through. And this is what's called vamping for time, kids. There you Uh, go. No, Scott Lobdell, I didn't hate his stuff. There was this one really, really, really rough patch that I did not enjoy, but I can't find it. Maybe it was after. Maybe it was after Simon Furman. Um, Anyways, Nightmare's End. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's the right laugh. Laws and Webs Part 6. Okay, so Wolverine and Venom are trapped in surreality. Nightmare is super awesome that Wolverine has given up everything to him. No, that's not a euphemism. And Venom (laughs) helped. No, that's not a euphemism. And um, the astral plane is unraveling and consuming them, and he's using... Here it is. By Logan coming into the astral plane with Xavier's help, Nightmare is able to get into Xavier's mind and use the mutant telepathy Uh, to manifest into the regular world. Somehow, someway, that's going to work. It is just enough comic book connectivity there to make it feel like it might be able to happen. Um, Sure. So uh, Nightmare is super excited that this is going to win except that Wolverine and Charles Xavier had this planned all along that Nightmare would get into Wolverine's head with Charles Xavier attached and Charles Xavier would use that connection to fight back against Nightmare. So after a bunch of fighting with Nightmare's world and all of the, like, the crazy like flowers and stuff, um, Wolverine's like, no, 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 we win. And as he physically stabs Mr. Gone through the head, I mean, Nightmare through the head, uh, Charles <laughs> Xavier does his mental whammy 
on the psyche of Nightmare, um, kicking him back into his own realm. Um, and, of course, he's not dead, but he's weakened and back where he belongs. He's going to stop bothering Logan's brain. Um, so Levetta was like, oh, so is that it? Are we done? Logan's like, I guess, as Venom fades from the dream and Logan wakes up and he and Xavier say hi and Logan says something depressing and that's the end. <laughs> Does say something depressing. <laughs> Logan may uh, form a mind scan to ensure that Nightmare caused no permanent psychic damage. Later, Charlie. I need some real sleep. Besides, who'd know the difference? All right. So who do you who do you think drew that big Wolverine face in the middle there? Which one? The one that doesn't look like Sam Keith at all. In the middle of the last page, when everyone wakes up and Wolverine makes a Liefeld mouth. Um, oh, that I, is- I think it is Sam Keith. It just looks really out of place. Well, it's all um, the teeth, right? It's it's a weird number of teeth. It is, but it's also too too normal looking. Is maybe, is that the right word? Like yeah. the art style is just I don't know, it just doesn't. Like Logan's like had a... a certain face shape this whole time, and that face shape is gone. Mm-hmm. Like instead I mean, of it's... a bumpy, cartoony chin, he's got like heroic, chiseled chin. I mean, just above it, the little tiny shot of his face, he's got like the big old you know chin, and I don't uh-huh. know. It's, it it does seem weird. Like he's using some sort of reference that doesn't. It's not bad. It's just disconnected, I guess is the right way to say it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the page. Well, first of all, that cover page, the title page is awesome. Um, Nightmare actually looks scary as opposed to just like an impish goon. Like he's been most of the story. Yeah. He is um, the God of this realm. And, the their the little hands sticking out of like the distorted ground is is mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, and we, one of Venom's hands is even making like a spider hand, where he's about to shoot some web maybe. And <laughs> um. <laughs> the uh, the two page spread where they're both tied to trees and their their heads are really big and their bodies are really little. It's just uh-huh. bizarre. It is very strange. Um. I liked the stabity through um, Nightmare's head at the end of there. Like I said, it's yes. very, very yeah. Mister Gone. Yeah. But if this oh, were, again, if this were the Joker, you would not be surprised. Like this feels like a Sam Keith vo- uh, Joker picture. Yeah, it does very much. Yeah, here on the podcast, it goes schwicked. <laughs> Well, he's I already popped the claws. I think he's already popped the claws in the previous panel. So I think the schwicked is the actual yes. puncturing yeah, the skull and brain sounds. Yeah. Um, I do love the use of negative space towards the end of this book, particularly on that page there, um, where Venom almost uses because that's his suit, right, with the black and white kind of falling through. Mm-hmm. Because he and says he to use your costume to wrap up. In a big event. Yeah. Yep. So that's the story. 
<laughs> I will say that the Venom on the previous page is very cartoony. Um, less gritty cartoon and more just cartoon. Where he's like jumping oh, out of the orange circle. Yeah, the orange circle one. Yeah, for sure. Um, almost like a, like a kid's comic, right? Version of Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or what were those... What were the little figures called? I bought a bunch of them in the like the mid two thousands. not little heroes, but uh, I can't remember. But anyway, nightmares. This is in a shoebox somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't collecting toys around this. I'm not sure about the different names of the different lines. Yeah. Um, Nightmare does say that the reason for the fight with Venom was to distract Wolverine. Give him a feeling of victory so that he would lower his defenses. So all of this was just a ploy to like make Wolverine be thinking about other stuff so he could get in there. And, huh. and Wolverine's like, yeah, but we had a plan from the beginning. That's right. Which maybe we didn't know about in the in chapter three, but darn it, we still had it going on. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of this overall? This was really, really pretty crap. I mean, by that, I mean really, really pretty crap. Right. Yeah. Now, the art is amazing. You know, and the thing about this being a dream story is you could have slashed the script by, like, 90%, and it probably would have improved it. Like, just have the crazy visuals, throw a couple of sparse sentences in to say, Oh, I'm in a dream. Oh, you tricked me. Oh, that was like Mariko. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> then, that's really all you need. And then just let Sam Keith do his thing. And I think I would have enjoyed it a little more with a whole lot less words. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started doing this series, we talked about the purpose of Marvel Comics Presents. And and I was like, you know, you would, you would think that having a book that showcased so many of your characters... You would save it for really special, awesome stories, and not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, we. Yeah, well, I've also since read that their perspective on this book was this was their tryout artist book. They could yeah. throw somebody on Marvel Comics Presents, let them you know get their feet wet, see if they have this chops for storytelling before putting them on something else. Now, I can't imagine that being the reasoning for Sam Keith being used here, but. Um, this is definitely yeah. not a story I'd want to read in any ongoing comic. Well, maybe that's why. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, there are also some surprises about that Eric Larson story we did where he was an established artist, but it was his chance to write and draw a story. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I think Liefeld did his first writing in that story we covered as well. Um, and so, Yeah, um, not to... Not to belabor a, a dead horse from earlier, but uh, McFarlane did has said some interesting things on the perspective of comic artists who then turn their hand at writing. He said that, um, you know, when you bought my Spider-Man book, Spider-Man 1, the, the, the Torment storyline, uh-huh. what you were getting is you were getting this book that was drawn by superstar, well-loved, famous artist Todd McFarlane. It was written by complete hack, never before written a comic in his life, <laughs> amateur hour, Todd McFarlane, who just happens to have the same name as the artist. 
to judge his comic writing, like to judge the comic that he wrote based on your expectations of him as an artist would be completely unfair because he's never done that before. Right. Um, and so, you know, getting Lightfield to write some stuff and getting Eric Larson to write some stuff and letting them do that in Marvel Comics Presents actually does make some sense to me because it's like that gives them a chance to to stretch those legs yeah. in a in a low um low profile situation. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what the sales of this book by this point was. I we're definitely you know, I've looked ahead a little bit. We have definitely reached the point where this this book is starting to run out of gas <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. pretty badly if it hasn't already um but yeah uh and i mean there's it's been a real mixed bag along the way right like yeah we've had stuff we've liked we've had stuff that was like okay right i guess that yeah. happened <laughs> Yeah, so I will I will never complain about Sam Keith drawing a story, um, but I, I think that's about the extent of <laughs> mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed this. Um, so I don't know. What do you What do you want to grade this bad boy? Um, it is a two star story with an extra star, or I'm sorry, extra claw for um, art. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Three out of six claws for me, almost entirely for the visual journey. Um, Very few other artists would have been able to do this and give it any redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> and certainly right. pl- there are plenty of artists who would actually deduct a star and turn this two-star story <laughs> into a one-star experience. So um, Very possibly, yeah. Yeah. All right, well... I guess why don't we let's uh let's spin this. Where can people hear you talk about Sam Keith doing some other stuff? <laughs> well, so that's that's a funny question. Um certainly the show All the Pouches and Image Comics Podcast is out there and there are lots of episodes where I've been talking about everything Image Comics produced um in the early years of their run. And uh that includes uh the Max. Um, I do things in the order they came out, so you have to like scroll through the descriptions of the episodes if there's particular storylines you want to follow. Um, one of the cool things about the Max is that my teenage daughter uh, comes on and talks about it with me, and she's in her later teens, and she she's very thoughtful about feminism and about uh, female sexuality and their depictions in comics, um, and so it's it's really so she's also a psychology major. So it's really a delight to have her on there and talk about stuff with me on the show. Um, the show's on a little bit of a, of, a, of a lull right now. I guess hiatus is really the official word. Um, I have not put out an episode in a while. Uh, I've got lots of projects I'm working on. Actually, as we're recording this, I'm right in the middle of a huge life change that has sort of put the kibosh on all of my podcasting for a few weeks. Um, but, you know, coming into 2021... I want to see if I can get that show back off the ground. Um, and yes, so all the pouches and image comics podcast, search that out. You can also find it on Twitter at all the pouches. If you like Marvel comics in general, 
Michael Kaiser and I are talking about Marvel Comics every week on Make Hours Marvel. We started with the Fantastic Four number one in 1961, and uh, tomorrow night we're going to be recording about comics from March of 1967. So we've made through oh, quite wow. a bit. Oh, wow. humming along. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. And um, I also podcast about Transformers, um, comics, and cartoons, all the Marvel stuff. And um, that's over at Return to Cybertron, a Transformers UK podcast. The UK part is that we include their comics in the run as well. So uh, go check that out on Twitter at TFUK Podcast or TFUKPodcast.com. My personal Twitter is John Reads Comics with no H. Uh, so if you want to see me talk about comics and post what I'm reading and respond to stuff that you've read that you like, uh, then yeah, hit me up over there. Very cool. The cool thing about all the pouches is I, I still have a few episodes left before I reach the uh, the break point. So <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, I've got I've maybe got maybe a couple more weeks at there. least. Yeah. <laughs> so very cool. Well, John, thank you so much for for coming back, and I'll. Will try my best <laughs> to stay on schedule and and maybe not be so long before I have you back on again. So it's uh, always a pleasure. So whenever you have a spot, feel free to feel free to give me a ring. Very cool. Well, um, as always, listeners for the Wolverine podcast at Ghost Nick, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast, and um, hopefully, uh, I can keep going. <laughs> A little bit. I know December has been pretty, uh, pretty sparse. I don't think I put anything out since like the first week, but um, this will be out real soon. Um, actually, if you're listening to it, it's already out, so that's a dumb thing to say. It would be um, weird to be listening to it with stuff coming, right? <laughs> Time travelers, right? But um, we're trying to get back into like the current Donovex stuff with you know my friends at Scalabros, and then um, coming up on a Uncanny 300. I guess that's the next like benchmark thing on the horizon a lot of just like i said we're kind of in the hullabaloo of like just raging wolverine guest spots so i'll probably just throw a whole lot of that stuff together um (laughs) and see what happens but um yeah so definitely go check out all of john's wonderful shows um you know he his his voice is more pleasant than mine so go fill your ears with it (laughs) Well, thank you. I don't know what that means, but thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. Snicked. Hey.